All right, you ready? Who cares? One, two, three. everybody and welcome to another episode of so did you like it a film podcast that you can lose with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts but we're not going to be critics we're not going to throw numbers at the end of this conversation we're just going to ask the simple question so did you like it i am sir square and joined as always with my co-host i'm Kaz, and i'd rather be a pig than a fascist solid usually i have something to say about calling the police or like somebody or like a therapist or the energy but like that is a solid statement <laughs> but you're like based as fuck <laughs> Base as fuck. <laughs> and this week to continue the summer of animation and the family-friendly one, as you can tell by this conversation, uh, we checked out the Studio Ghibli film Porco Rosso, uh, story by Hayao Miyazaki, screenplay by Hayao Miyazaki, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. The literal translation being Crimson Pig. This is a story about a pilot who has the face of a pig, who is a uh, ex-fighter ace who is just fighting sky pilots while evading the uh, fascist Italian government at the time, post World War One? Yeah. Now I know I just said a lot of that. Like that's a that that makes up a lot, right? That's a that's a plot to make. Like it's insane to bring that up. That it's like uh, we're dealing with like a fascist government. You're thinking to yourself like, oh, we're gonna see some really messed up things. War's gonna break out. Like. You, you get what I mean? Yeah. We also have enough time for just little to no words of just scenery, of a flame flying, flying through beautiful scenery. Just multiple times. Well, the, thing, the thing I want to say about this particular film, out of every single Studio Ghibli film I've seen, this is the quietest film he has ever made, in my opinion. I, I for some reason, thought it was like, of all the Studio Ghibli films that I've seen, this is the most... But that's not true. That it's, would be like Totoro I, or something. Yeah, because like, look, and even in Totoro, which is just like a really cute family film with like two little girls doing like a, a situation of self-discovery and a journey of like, uh, kind of. We're not getting into kinda, that. Yeah, um, coping with uh, people missing from your life. We'll say that exactly. This movie has the like ability to like it could like the potential to be something that could be heart-wrenching like grave of the fireflies but instead goes for like a very just calm story that at the end of the day when you really get down to the like brass tacks of the film this movie carries almost no stakes mm, they, they they add stakes for the finale but yeah yeah they add stakes for the finale i can understand that but comparative to like the other like because like in uh, in Totoro, like, a girl, a little girl is, like, almost drowning and they have to try to save yeah. her. In Spirited Away, it's, like, the realization of uh, Haku's name and the coming of, and the story of coming in age, of coming of age and embracing change. To Princess Mononoke about, like, environmentalism and, like, industrialism trying to live with environmentalism at the same time and how humans and nature can coexist. This is literally brought down into a fight over one like who's got the best pilot ability which is basically a dick measuring contest and two somehow about women yet still very misogynistic yeah 
But I mean, I don't, you you say that as if there's, there's no like tension or actual danger, but there's actual dogfights happening in the sky, man. Yeah, but like even when these dogfights are happening, even the even the sky pirates like they say they want to kill him, but it doesn't even seem like they actually want to kill him because they respect him for never actually trying to kill yeah. them. And and Porco even uh, to to your point, Porco even like when he's in these dogfights. He is so confident that you actually never really feel like he's in any da- actual danger. Even when he is, his plane gets shot, his engine gets fucked up, and you're like, oh, shit, uh, yeah, how is he going to get out of this movie. one? And then we just cut to, like, you know, uh, well, we cut to, like, you know, Curtis trying to, like, find... Is his name Curtis? The American. The Texan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, him finding a piece of debris, being like, I'm going to take this as a trophy. But he never confirms the kill, and all of a sudden, yeah, just right away, Porco just, like picks up a little bush and he's been hiding under that with his with his with his plane that he somehow landed so yeah y- y- you never you always feel like porco rosa's got the situation covered yeah no it it even at the beginning of this movie when he's on a mission to stop some uh sky pirates from raiding a boat and kidnapping children the children who sees children. that it's porco 15 little girls it is hell on earth but even when they see that it's Porco Rosso, it just they just don't have any sense of like I'm going to die. They know for a fact no one's going to die. I That's mean, why they're like brave enough to just like, hey, don't shoot at him. Push the gun away. The fact that <laughs> the fact that, that like eight year old girl also could push the gun away from a sky pirate was pretty well, amazing. There was like two of them, right? I mean, even then, you know, with enough leverage, like if you're way far out towards a barrel, you require less strength. I don't know why I'm getting to physics right now, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, even then, the situation, even without Porco, the situation is like, yeah, yeah, we're kidnapping these girls, and it's like, hey, could you get them to calm down? And they're just running amok, climbing on things and all this stuff. And the guy's like, I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> it's just. And let's be real, the crew of this, like, particular band of pirates are just so ready to just give up on the fight immediately. Only the captain's just like, remember your pride. But the rest of the crew's just like, fuck that, he says he'll let us live. Yeah, they're, the pir- I gotta say, the pirates are pretty wholesome. <laughs> they are. They, they seem are. They seem like a rad, just hype crowd. <laughs> The way they're, they're just like, hey, no, girls, don't don't get on the wing. That's really yeah. dangerous. No, get back here. Come on. No, you know, I, I don't want you to get hurt. They're a bunch of directionless former pilots, you know, war pilots, I think, who don't have a place anymore without war. Uh, and that's something that they share with Porco, honestly. Um, and yeah. I think that's a big central part of the movie, of his, his arc, at least. Yeah, none of them are actually there because they want to be there. It's just they don't agree with the way their home country went after the war they find themselves kind of lost because they don't they don't believe in the government that rules their home nation right now yeah this um, is also one of the most kind of like even though yes the pilot has the face of a pig that is legitimately the only magic in this movie the rest of this film is very realistic like is a situation where this could have happened even where this uh the scenes where these the the movie takes place like the locations they're mm. real places, like in Milan, the city of Fume, like... Yeah. Uh, Even though this does seem like a fictional version of history, like it's post-World War One. we don't say what's going to power, but it, Italy's starting to get uh, turned towards fascism, or really leaning into fascism, and so you, re- you, you figure it's coming into like a Mussolini kind of era, uh, but... 
they never address by name. They don't say what's happening. Um, everyone seems like, even though it's post World War One, everyone seems like they're in harmony, like they're thriving. Like people seem fine. They hate the government. That's kind of ass. But like you even have some of the post World War One uh, context of like, yeah, all these women are now building Porco's ship because. They now have responsibility, and they know, uh, know, you know, they are now really in the workforce. No, uh, that is not the case. They're not there because of that situation. They're there because after World War One, the Great Depression happened, and Italy is yeah. in the middle of the Great Depression as well. But, they're there but, because all the men have actually left the country to go find work elsewhere just to make money for their families. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah, and uh, but even ugh. then, like, even if it's Great Depression time. Does anyone seem like they're in dire straits? Does anyone seem like they're not thriving to some degree? Well, I mean, even the grandma is having to work just so this family is going to make money off of Porco's job. I understand that, but everyone's just so fine with it. They're so happy. They're coming in. The grandpa's grandma's coming in like, we're going to get some gambling money. (laughs) Look, this is not a Grapes of Wrath situation where everyone's just going to be depressed by the end of it. This is a family that's going to keep it strong together. I'm just saying, like, the the vibes of the movie is you could never tell that this was a country that had been facing or been a part of war very recently. You're not all, wrong. You're not all wrong. Of, all of the pain and the dehumanization of war is printed onto Porco, whose name is Marco. Yeah. At least, yeah. Um, But because he becomes a pig, they start calling him Porco, which, you know, funny. And, yeah, it almost feels like the act of war really took something away from him, really kind of took his humanity. And they say there was a curse, which is a fantastical explanation that's a really pretty scene and very... Mm -hmm interesting idea of the concept of you know i guess going into the afterlife yeah um but and also survivor's guilt yeah in doing that he lost a part of himself and the only time you see him as human did anyone see him sees him as human there's a part where fia fia yes uh fio um, she sees him for a split second, and that's when he starts sharing his war stories and talking about the awful things in war. And for a second, you see that humanity back, but when he turns back to her, when she wants a closer look, he's Porco again. Uh, there's even a scene later when he's fighting with uh, with uh, Curtis. It's the like the, the finale, and he's fighting with Curtis, and it's um, you, uh, oh, oh, when the fascist police are coming and everyone's ready to scatter. Uh, he says, hey, we're going to go distract them. We're going to lead them away from everyone so that way everyone can get away safely. And in that second, Curtis chased him. He said, wait, wait, your face tra- turned back. You were human. And he said, L- turn around, let me look at you. And he doesn't turn around. He just goes to his ship. And it's when Porco's exhibiting humanity and doing yeah. things for the better or of everyone is the moments where it slips back in. Uh, or just I, like I the moments that's... where he kind of lets his guard down, like when he thought Theo was like asleep and he was preparing for the duel. Yeah, like there was that moment where he is in his human form, and then she reacts, and boom, he's back in the porco form. Yeah, and uh, I think it's, I think the the idea, like a lot of post World War One things, is World War One was an awful fucking 
uh, fight. It was a needless war. It didn't need to happen. And also just trench warfare, mustard gas, uh, shotguns, all these horrible things, or what they call bunker busters, stuff like that. Mm. Um, oh, actually, that might have been World War II. Um, I don't know. I'm not a World War <laughs> historian. Please don't at me. But... <laughs> Uh, my Twitch, my, my Twitter is Sir Squarin, so... Oh, fuck uh, off. Go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, Don't but you no. throw that energy at me. Post-World War One, you get art, amazing art, like, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. You get, uh... Dulce 1917. Dulce, Dulce Decorum Est, a beautiful, well, not beautiful, it's a horrifying poem uh, about the awful things that people saw in this war and so all these people wrote these things did these things and created all this amazing art that was this awful feeling of the, the just the stripping of humanity uh and i think this does it in a rather beautiful way like well those other ones mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I just think that's you know even though it's set, it's stated to be a curse that's afflicting porco i feel like you know that's analogous or metaphorical to like I said, the stripping of humanity from the things he did in war. I think because his story was he was literally fighting, uh, you know, just, just a bunch of, you know, a big dogfight, a bunch of planes, so many that he, uh, by the time he was done with the fight and the last one standing, he was, or flying, uh, he was so tired he couldn't even hold the stick of his, you know, plane mm-hmm. anymore uh, just to, I guess, show the exhaustion and the unrelentlessness that he had to go through killing these people. Yeah. And we know they're dead because his vision is flying pretty much coming up to like the afterlife or being like right at the border. No, it's, and just... it's the most it's the most flyboy afterlife image I've also seen too, like the great slipstream in the sky uh-huh. where the souls of yeah. all like rad ass pilots go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you just see a bunch of just, a, just there seems like what it is is just, yeah, like a slipstream, just a bunch of uh, airplanes and, you know, pilots there. And then, yeah, the ones he had just fought with, you could see them rising and ascending above him. And then he starts to sink uh, back through the clouds Cause he and doesn't, doesn't join them. He doesn't want to be the lone survivor. No one wants to be the lone survivor. Because one, it's not only just delivering the news of what happened, but also, like, that sense of survivor's guilt is going to stay with you for a very long time. Because it's not like he's got a therapist he can go to after World War One. That wasn't when people no. were just like, you know what? This is the time of mental health now. Like, it Pretty sure only PTSD got... was just called shell shock. Yeah, it then. got worse. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't have a way of dealing with it. In fact, he puts up a front with everyone. He puts up a front with... What is her name? Is it Gina? Gina. 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 Yeah. He puts up a front with Theo. Uh, Mr. Piccolo. He... He acts, yeah. He uh, he just is at arm's length. He even though, and I feel like he's also feels like he's afraid to confront these feelings. Because yeah, there was a part that I think you have missed a little bit unless you went back and rewatched it, um, where he does a flyby at you know, towards the end at Gina's uh, little private island she has there, um, and uh, she's talking about how she, like one of her one of her wishes that he would always just land there and spend the time with her and you know the, the, how much she loved her and he probably to some degree knew uh but even then when curtis is tell spelling it all out for him he's still just well they're, they're duking it out so he's just just punching curtis telling him he's lying <laughs> he's like no she can't love a pig like me how uh, dare you sir and 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 even by the end in the ending like narration fio says that like yeah they never saw porco he never returned to gina they didn't have a happy ever after no, he she just said kind of... it was a, she said it was a secret oh okay that, so they had... uh 
She does not divulge whether Gina's hope about Porco Rosso was ever realized, saying it's is their secret. But like, mm-hmm. what you have to note, what you have to realize is like during that moment at the end of the movie where you see the aerial view of uh, Gina's bar slash hotel and her home, mm-hmm. uh, you see all the planes parked on one or like docked on one side. On the opposite side of that little island, Porco Rosso's plane is docked. He is there. He did oh. believe her. Or believe Curtis in the end, and he goes to Gina. Yeah, okay. Just, but he, dis- he did disappear for quite a few years. He does disappear, but, like, it's only to gain that kind of quiet life now. Like, he he's no longer going to be known as the Crimson Pig. He's just going to be with Gina. Yeah. yeah. They probably fly together. Yeah, yeah, because they had that cute little scene where they're kids, and I guess he takes her flying. It is just so adorable. So adorable. Is he supposed to be also a metaphor for communism? <laughs> like he's got Rosso in the name. He drives around in his red little plane. He's a man of the people. It, is it? I don't know. I just the, you know the strong red vibes and the fact that the fascists are always after him. I feel like the contention's there. I'm there, about to a like possibility. Oh, I'm about to Google right now. Like uh, <laughs> is all right. Put the little clickety clacks, Tucker. <laughs> equals <Okay>. communism? <laughs> well, I would have said a metaphor for communism, but okay. Like, uh, WordPress did an article in 2019 where it said, is a surprisingly apolitical disappointment. Uh, yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> if you think this movie, where we're running away and tricking the fascist police, is apolitical, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> I think you missed the point. The same, like, another article talked about how, like, it's Miyazaki's Marxism. So which is? I don't know. I... Someone actually asked, is Porco Rosso historically accurate? <sighs> okay, there we are. Uh, I, you know I'm going to get off I'm gonna get off Google. I feel like I'm getting dumber. For, for all we say about Miyazaki being a miserable man, he does really good art, and I very strongly believe in seeing a couple of his movies now that he is, in fact, anti-fascist. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I can. I feel like I could say that much with a certain amount of certainty. Like, I, uh, the film "The Wind Rises" is when he comes back to the, like the theme of aviation, and that was kind mm-hmm. of like a difficult story to tell. Like, not for not in the sense of Japan, but like. Of all of his films are always going to be translated in other languages and spent throughout the world. So this was well, the Wind Rises is the story about the aeronautical engineer who created the Japanese Zero plane or the Zero fighter, uh, which oh, we okay. all know was then used in a lot of devastating attacks uh, during World War Two. Yeah. Um, but he he only looks at it not as like this man who is heroically like building things for his country. But as a desperate engineer who's just trying to achieve every single aeronautical engineer's dream, and that is to fully design a plane that is made, tested, and produced to to be able to claim the sky for that brief moment where the wind is yours. But sure. to do so, he has to do something incredibly devastating. So I feel mm. like I can... I can understand what you're going through. And the reason I brought this up was just because you're you're pointing something out in this film that I'm already getting in another film that I'm now starting to see in other films that like, yeah, I think a lot of his films are just like you can see the underlying stories that also fuck fascism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Just humanity, environmentalism, coming of age, fuck fascism. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's always room for that in in any story. There is there is always room for that argument. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It could be uh, you could be reading the dictionary. You could be reading the greatest high fantasy novel, the next Stephen King novel. Or the giving tree. It's just all about fuck fascism. There's like the idea of like you just reading the dictionary, you get to the word fascist, like, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> Thanks, dictionary. I was worried about that part of the, the story arc. <laughs> fascism. C phrase. Can, fuck that shit. I can safely get through the rest of the Fs without worry. <laughs> I'm protected again, Miriam of Webster. Wait, fascist? <laughs> Fuck fascists. Ah, thank you again, Mary <laughs> Webster. <laughs> Pages later, Stalinism. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow, I didn't know this is what a, what a Miyazaki film was going to pull out of us. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know we'd talk about the political uh, leanings of the dictionary. <laughs> Honestly, I'm here for it. Yeah, no. I need you to Google now. Is the dictionary anti-fascist? <laughs> what type of political structure does the uh, dictionary lean towards? You know, you like, know you honestly, tell- I feel like fascist would be about like you know getting rid of like a lot of words that are inclusive. So honestly, it might be <laughs> just by the by 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 way by nature of being uh, educational. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> this film had a crazy voice cast yeah that's what i was gonna bring up next actually is like you asked me you you were like so did you want uh subs or dubs Uh, dealer's choice since i picked the movie and i was like do we have because it's a ghibli film i was like do we have any you know well-known names for the voice acting and you're like we got michael keaton as the main character i'm like i'm in (laughs) (laughs) not only michael keaton so porco rosso michael keaton Donald Curtis, Harry Ellis, Vio Piccolo, Kimberly Williams Paisley, uh, Madame Gina, Susan Edgin, even Ferrarin or Ferrari, uh, um, Porco's a t- uh, friend from the Italian army who is still within the army, uh, who keeps Porco from getting arrested, is voiced by Tom Kenny. The mommy, the mama Ayuto gang at the beginning of the movie has fucking Frank Welker in it. Like mm. everyone. There's even the actor who plays Pinky that I yeah, spotted. Yeah, even the actor who voices Pinky is one of the additional voice actors in this film. It is wild. And then I think you said SpongeBob was in. That is Tom Kenny. It. Tom Kenny is SpongeBob. Oh, okay. Okay. Ferrari kind of ruled. Ferrari was a good friend. <laughs> uh, Ferrari is a real... Di- uh, okay, well, no. Actually, no. Because, like, yes, Ferrari keeps him from getting arrested. Great for him. I know, I know he has his own circumstances, but he is still actively in a fascist government's military and is touted as, like, a hero ace pilot within that military. Yeah, all right. That's true. I just, all, all I got from that was, like, man, I think he's pretty much the reason why Porco's really staying <laughs> under is, the radar still, is, and somehow. He's the realist for still maintaining at least that friendship, but also, he did not say fuck fascism, so... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Eh, I saw a little beyond his... Uh, I looked at little beyond his utility, I guess, to Porco. You That's can't. a lot bad. He's a complex he character. He's a very complex but, um, character. Carrie yeah. Elwes plays a Texan. I don't know many Texans who sound like that. That just sounds like a British guy doing a generic it southern accent. very much so very <laughs> generic. Okay, let me see if I can do it. Let me see if it's We're- like... 
Well, Miss Gina. I'm just a simple <laughs> southern ace pilot. And we're just like, oh, okay, so he's American. That's cool, whatever. Even then, the accent kind of slips into, like, something more generic. Like, he never sounds British, but he doesn't maintain a consistent accent. And then later, they're all like, oh, this this Texan, whatever. And he even says, like, like yeehaw at one point. We're like, that, oh. Uh- I don't hear it, but yeah, go with that fucking weirdo Texas pilot. You know what? You know what? It could have worked better for this character since they chose Carrie Elwes. Yeah. Is it Elway or Elwes? I've always said Elwes. Uh, do you? I, in my opinion, I feel like he would have done better if they told him it was an East Coast character. I feel like he could have pulled off maybe like a more East Coast American accent than I, like down south, really? like homeboy Southern. Mm, well. One, I feel like he's most... No, I shouldn't say mostly. I feel like the couple times I see him do the American accent, he does like the Southern one. And I've heard that the Southern accent is easier for British people. I don't know how true that is. I just remember hearing that. Like, it's easier to do that than doing, Actually, like, a generic I too. I guess maybe American accent. And that's yeah. not uncommon. Uh, the only time I've heard him not do, an, uh, 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 like, a Southern accent was, like, Saw. But even then, I think at one point he, like, kind of slips a little oh a that's my times. favorite thing to do with sam neil uh count every time he slips in a movie it's so endearing oh and sean, sean bean, bean is another good one yeah. yes <laughs> and sometimes christian bale sometimes christian bale can't keep it together like it just depends on the it depends yeah. on the film because like uh what uh american psycho you can't tell it all but some of the dark night parts like it slips just a little bit just a little bit uh, i guess maybe i never, never caught it but yeah okay i mean yeah he's wonderful He's great. So, yeah, uh, that being said, all the voice acting in this I thought was pretty stellar, actually. I mean, I think some of the translations, like some of the some of the line deliveries were like, I don't know, I feel like that's a little weird. Like, you know, I think the, trans- the direct translation might have, you know, something might have gotten lost. Um, but the voice acting's killer. Like, everyone's good, especially Michael Keaton. Uh, it's always just great to hear Michael Keaton, for one. Two, uh, he does a great job. Michael Keaton did do a good job. He plays a very, like, again, like, just kind of a quiet main character. Like, out of... But oh, but Porco has some like absolute obnoxious laughs, and he does those pretty well too. Actually, he does, and he pulls off the one-liners amazingly. I thought, like, even though I'm saying this is like the calmest Miyazaki film I've seen, I feel like this, like, Porco is now one of my favorite MCs from a Miyazaki movie. I don't know what, like, I guess what really pulls me to this character is the sense of um, how, like. He's a man that is just trying to recover after such a devastating situation. And he's making choices mm-hmm. that, like, a, f- a lot of us probably would make in that situation. Where, like, you're trying your best to, like, say you're throwing away your humanity. At the end of the day, you just don't want to see anyone die anymore. You're just so tired of that. Yeah. That you're willing to act like a pig, quote-unquote, when really you're just... You're you're trying to be a good man in a world that just doesn't seem to need good men or don't want good men. Well, this is embarrassing. I only really like him because I like pigs. I mean, it's very cute. He's a piggy. Look at the snoot. snoot. Yeah, I think he even snorts yeah. one time. Uh, you want to go up? Boop it. But boop. no, he is. <laughs> he, he is actually a really good character. <laughs> hey, I know you're like a scary pirate, but boop. He's like, piggy, piggy, piggy. <laughs> piggy, 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 boop, boop. He would probably punch me square in the face if I did that. Hey, I'm man, sure. he, and that would not be good because we can see that he went like toe-to-toe in a bare-knuckle boxing to at least round eight or nine. Would you say he went ham? Oh! oh, 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 oh. 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 
kill me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I you just say I that don't... Porker pulled no punches. Oh my gosh, we're really into the fryer now. <laughs> I'm just hamming it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, keep it going. Keep it going. No. What am I, a monkey for you? I da- I, I, I will not. <laughs> dance, piggy dance. <laughs> I would totally accept being a pig man, damn it. I already ostracized myself as it is, and I look like a fucking foot. That's it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I look like a fucking anyways. foot. Yeah, there's a reason why we use avatars for this, and the reason why the podcast doesn't have visuals. <laughs> you know what? You know what you could do then? You could bring back the like uh, thumb movie series where you just act like thumb people. There you go. Sorry, I just um, I don't know why that popped in my head, but I had to say there, it. there, there it there is. It is. Uh, but yeah, you pointed out a thing that like yeah, he he men- he uh, he doesn't want anyone to die. So not only does he help people escape, he kind of takes the rap for some things. He wasn't, he was kind of, the whole, like, uh, taking Fio with him was kind of forced on him. But it was a smart move, honestly. Yeah, if there was anyone that could work on his plane, it was her. Yeah, well, I mean, just for for them to have an alibi. uh, Because they worked on his, the ship, they uh, took his money, uh, you know, all that stuff, and, you know, he's good friends with them. Uh, and then they send her, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, she's uh, she's her kidnap, uh, she's her hostage. You kidnapped her, and that way we can just be like, yeah, um, we had to help him. We were worried for her safety. It's like uh, she <laughs> he, he was gonna be crazy. He was gonna kill her. Yeah. And oh, I, actually, you know what? I didn't pick that up in the first when we watched this. I thought she was just being stubborn, but that makes sense. That is like actually a really strong alibi to keep that family from getting arrested. Oh no, th- that was a, a a line. Like one of them said that. Like I didn't I didn't hear it. Oh, okay, yeah, because he, he was like, I'm not taking a passenger. She's like, oh, I'm not a passenger. I'm your, I'm your hostage. You kidnapped me. And he's like, what? Hey, hold on. And then that's when Piccolo's like, yeah, no, it's an alibi. So that way we, you know, if they ask us why we worked on your ship, it's because we had to. This is also the yeah, second I don't have... piece of Japanese content where Piccolo is actually the true hero of it. Pretty much. Well, I don't know. I think, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know what? Sure. Look, because the hero <laughs> isn't the one that saves the world. The hero is the one that protects the next generation and raises them right. Like he... He goes to Piccolo to uh, to fix his ship. Mm-hmm. All he ever does is count the money. Because he's like, oh, yeah, you know engines, you're good, your sons are good, and all that stuff. He doesn't do a damn thing. He counts the money, and all these women work on it. Fio designs it, and all of the women of his family come, and they actually physically work on it. Piccolo doesn't raise a hammer, I don't think. Oh, he, do- he does have that engine, that Studio Ghibli engine oh, that yeah. he acquired. Oh, yeah. That, he's just like, that check blows up his whole shack. Check out this bad boy. It's just like, it's like this is going to be bad for your shack. Yeah, let's crank it up to full. So Piccolo's kind of kind of rules. Yeah, that's like even too like when uh, he says like it's not going to be me, it's going to be my granddaughter, and like even says like he she is better than any one of my sons, and is progressive enough to be like no Porco, fuck you, you're being a misogynist. Let my granddaughter do her work. Yeah, he was right. He was right. It was probably the greatest plane she's ever. Or he's ever flown. But not only that, well, there was a bit of a learning curve, but yeah, he got yeah, it. Yeah, no, he got there um, sooner or later. You know, you wish it would only, be quicker th- on the uptake, but apparently can't be. Well, when you're trying to escape the fascist police, uh, expediting the process might help, you know? That shows why he is actually a pig, all right? Because when the, sp- when the other Sky Pirates meet Fio, at first they don't believe her, but then immediately he's just like, nah, she's cool as hell. Uh, he also he also avoids uh, casualties, because uh, every pilot he takes down, he only ever shoots the engine. He only wants to shoot Which, out the engine. Yeah, he only shoots the engine. He disables their their ability to fly, but he never 
kills anyone. He doesn't shoot anyone. He, and even when he's in that final duel with Curtis, and Curtis is trying to take him out, you know, whatever. He's like, hey, any shot to the plane is a worthwhile shot kind of thing. Uh, and Porco's got, like, a good, you know, eye on him. He, he could get him dead to rights at any moment, and he actually, uh, Curtis actually thinks he's messing with him, uh, like he's trying to fuck with him. Uh, or and then and I think later he thinks his gun's jammed and he proves that it's not. Uh, but no, it's just and even the pirates pointed out it's just that he's trying to take out the engine and he doesn't want a casualty out of Curtis. Yeah, um, like he legitimately does. And then <laughs> Curtis starts shooter, shooting at him with like a pistol, and then so yeah. poor guy's just like throwing bottles and cups at him like fuck you, dude. Bottles and a wrench. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, that that really speaks to. I don't know if if you would say this is a positive or negative. We might meet somewhere in the middle. But like, yeah, that really speaks to how little he wants any more casualties to be on his hand. Because there's a big, you know, there's a lot on the line for him to win that duel. Yeah, because Curtis wants Theo's hand in marriage. Because apparently, yeah, we can still in in this time period, they're still doing that. Still doing the like, if I win, I get her hand in marriage, where it's just like, Porco's not even his, her family cannot make this decision. (laughs) Well, he proposed it to her and she accepted. That is true. She said, she said fine. She is that confident in Porco. Um, So it was her decision. She is only 17, but this is from like how many years ago? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's depicted that many years ago. And not to mention, she's in a different country from her family. And, uh, you know, she just makes this decision on her own, whether it's good or not. You know, well, obviously it's not good. But uh, yeah, but his committing his commitment to not killing anyone, even with this kind of uh, this kind of thing on the line. And not only that, if he wins, uh, Curtis has a prize money thing that they set aside on a chair mm-hmm. uh, to pay off that uh, would pay of off all of his debt to Piccolo. Yeah. Um, so even with all of that on the line, he's doesn't want any more blood on his hands. He doesn't. He doesn't need that. He doesn't want to kill anymore. Like he did the whole. Fighter ace, I'm a war hero, but look what that got me, you know? Yeah, you're a pig now. You're a pig now. You chose to be a pig now. Mm, I don't know if I would say it's a choice. No, he did. He says he chose to be a pig. When he is in his pig form, it's because he chooses to because it's better to be a pig uh, because he had already lost all of his humanity because he blames himself for everyone yeah, who died I, I in, that, I, in that fight. I think even in him saying that, I don't... I, I mean, maybe... You could argue that it's a conscious choice, but I think as a subconscious choice, I don't think it is one. Once again, I'm going back to the idea that this is a metaphor for humanity stripping away. <laughs> and, you know, once again, it only showing. Because, like, if if we went with that and it was more literal, mine's is more metaphorical, I guess. Well, if you went more literal, then, yeah, it would be kind of, it would kind of shoot down anything that I had said previously with the idea of, like, wait, when he was being ni- kind and showing humanity and they saw him as human, that would almost make it seem like, oh, that was a choice? And that just sounds unsatisfying. You could look it up, but I think I'm going to stick with my interpretation. You do what you want to do. You be who you want to be. I'm just happy for the man. Oh, I want to be a pig. All right, you be a pig. Oh, man. Jake, do I look like a pig? Uh, I can make something work, yeah. Okay, never mind. I don't look like a pig. It didn't work. It didn't work, Square. Uh, Hey, hey, hey. Not with that attitude. We keep trying. All right, buddy? All right. That's right. All right. We're going to stay positive here. We're going to just stay positive. Porco Cazo. Porco Cazo. Ah, yes. (laughs) 
I need this. I need this podcast to really start taking off so I can have fan art. <laughs> <laughs> I want Porco Caso. I don't have as good of a fashion sense as Porco. When he's wearing that white fucking suit with the hat, I'm like, this man is dapper as shit. This man is put together. He has no money, but man, does he have style. (laughs) Legitimately spends all of his money just to fix his plane. (laughs) I, I, on the other hand, dress like a divorced dad who is way too cold. (laughs) (laughs) I just put clothes on. And it's hot. Where I am. So I don't know why I dress like that. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay, man? You all right there? I've never been okay. No, <laughs> Yeah, you said the guy who voiced SpongeBob was, uh, uh, I'm sorry, who did you say he was? It was again? Ferrari, his friend from Italy. Oh, he played for, there you go. And uh, I couldn't tell. I was like, wow, this guy sounds really good. And you were like, oh, yeah, it's SpongeBob. I was like, oh. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I never, I hardly ever watched SpongeBob. Was, you know, I think it was, I was, growing out of it by then mm-hmm. by, by the time it was becoming a thing so i didn't really watch it much but i do know what spongebob sounds like and i was like oh that's obnoxious and then in this i'm like hey you know that guy's a good voice yeah actor. no he's re- <laughs> and then i pulled out like a list of things where it's just like you actually grew up with him in this 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 is this <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah granted he does a good job with spongebob it's just not my no, thing no, yeah tom um, kenny is a prolific <laughs> voice actor that you'll find he's he's like a more famous in terms of like not fam- more famous but like he's always gonna be there in some voice role or another like frank welker is gonna do the voice of anything tom kenny will be a voice in everything at some point you know he's just that voice actor where you're always going to I don't at some know point you anyone just can risk. be as prolific as frank welker no no i'm not gonna say as like prolific but in terms okay. of just, like, <laughs> as frank welker you always notice is like uh from anything from like voice lines to uh animal sounds uh, oh, Tom yeah, Kenny yeah. is always like voice lines to supporting character to main character. Like he's always going to be somewhere in that spectrum in most animated projects. Well, good for he him. Just... I, he sounded so. I said good for him. I was like, yeah, that kid's going to get it. No, I mean he was so good in this that uh, I want to hear more things. I just, I guess I've just never noticed. And and you, you brought it up. I'm like, Watch oh shit, no, Final no, Space, great. damn it. Watch Final Space. I don't know he what you're saying. So good in Final Listen. Space. He plays Hugh. It's amazing. Everyone should be watching Final Space. Warner Brothers, bring Final Space back. I fucking hate you guys. I don't speak Italian. I don't know what's happening here. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> screw you, Warner Brothers. <laughs> Gina's uh, a little bit of a tragic figure. You telling me that you know Porco does show up at the end uh, gives a little bit of hope. <laughs> Um, but she's, she's kind of, she's kind of like... Oh, she lost everything. Uh, she lost everything. Yeah. Too. And it's always because she marries a pilot. Yeah, she's got a type, she's got for sure, it seems. But at least she finally <laughs> picks say, the... Her type is ace pilots, <laughs> but I don't know how ace they were if, you know... <laughs> no, Marco's definitely the best pilot she's ever fallen in love with. It's just a situation where, <laughs> by the end of it, she chooses the pilot that is ready to settle down. Like, he's, he doesn't want to, like be an ace he just wants to yeah uh she has a great scene that once again i think this is part of the one you missed where porco was doing the flyby um where she does a thorough dressing down to curtis because mm-hmm. he goes and visit her and he says he's gonna ask for uh, uh ask her for her hand oh because he got a script approved in america uh and so he said yeah he's gonna he wrote it he's gonna direct it and whatever uh, i think he was also gonna act in it mm-hmm. yeah i think the poster at the end shows that he acted mm-hmm. in it uh and he said uh 
and she was like saying how happy she was for it. And he's like, great, so it's settled then. Uh, and he asked for her hand in marriage, basically, to come to the States yeah. with him marry him and be in his movie and she was like no i'm not gonna do that she says i've been waiting for porco whatever and he's like you would choose that literal pig over me and she's like yeah yeah i would and then she she's the flyby or he does the flyby and um she has like a line that's like something like like you oh you you're like you you'll find someone over in america and you'll marry them because americans love to so quickly uh you'll find the next person and he's like really offended by that, and she's like, "Well, go on then." And she calls him like a boy, <laughs> and it's like, "Ooh!" And then immediately proves her right by just like, "Feel, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Yeah. I want to marry you." Yeah. It's just like, "Hey, they um, they got them, they got that right about Americans." She gave him a thorough dressing down that was so well deserved, uh, and so Gina kind of rocks for that Gina one. Does rock? Gina does rock. <laughs> uh, Gina also, I think they say in the post uh, or during the you know, pre-credit narration right when they're you know right before the end um where i think after uh, porco had dropped her off you know somewhere safe um or i think with gina he that's when he disappeared and he had left uh, Fia, uh gina to take care of fio and yeah she they become like uh f- great friends uh, as far as the narration says uh, and they talk to each other often and yeah it's great yeah it is i really I like how they went with, like, the more happy ending for Porco and Gina. Um, but not through, like, showing it, but just, like, a quick kind of just scene to Leaving to it open. It. Leave it open, and, like, your imagination shows what probably could have happened, but in the end, like, that is still their secret. It's a love story. Yeah. Porco yeah. Rosso, <laughs> find your love and fuck fascism. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Those are life lessons for everybody. So... It really does. Did we miss anything you wanted to bring up? Uh, nothing major. I just want to talk. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the scene that you uh, somewhat uh, mentioned, uh, where the uh, pirates are going to go am- or are ready to ambush Porco in his little island when he comes back with mm-hmm. Fio. Uh, they go and they immediately just start mobbing his ass, ready to kill him. All kinds of guns facing at him, which you don't stand in a circle pointing guns at someone in the middle. This is crossfire. Yeah, no, every, there uh, were a lot but, of people that were going to die in that sequence. Whatever, these pirates aren't exactly the smartest no, people. Um, no. uh, and then Fio just kind of like kicks all kinds of ass because they're like, hey, what's with her or whatever? And they were just going to like take her as like a hostage kidnapper or whatever. And they were also, I don't know, the implications was kind of creepy. And they were saying how pretty she was and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, but then, yeah, she was able to just completely uh, talk through to them. Uh, and use honor. It was very uh, you like use honor and turn it against them, and like use their own nature. It kind of, uh, in a small way, kind of reminded me of the like the Mark Antony kind of speech about like you know Brutus is an honorable man kind of yeah. thing. Uh, it gave me a lot of like that. It's weird bringing up Shakespeare here, I know, but like you know, I I, I saw some similarity a little bit in there, and yeah, constantly turning their honor until they were like, all right, well we're honor bound. You know what? He's got to go do this duel. That's going to be great. And no one touches her because she's rad as shit. <laughs> she is the coolest woman I've ever met. And any of you boys touch, like, my best friend here now, 
I'm gonna blow your brains out. <laughs> like they even like. Well, I mean, I guess these are also the pirates who the same pirates who are like, "Hey, kids, come on, settle down, stop." No, hey. hey um, girl, who also like later on when um fucking por- uh, Porco and Curtis are like just duking it out because yeah, their their uh, duel ends in their guns both being jammed or out of bullets. I think Curtis was out of bullets and Porco got jammed. Uh, and then they were just throwing things at each other until eventually they just land and they just start fucking duking it out. <laughs> and it's a longer scene than I thought it would be. We go from like a couple punches here and there, a couple like bruises showing, some welts, until all of a sudden later on, there's just pink puffs of just like swelling coming out of both there their faces, no their eyes. There. It's just bruised and blooded skin. Yeah, eyes don't exist. Yeah, it it, it is a long protracted scene. They even uh, have which fight Porco cards at wins. This point. Someone had fight cards. Yeah, they they were doing that. There was a whole bet going on, like a bookies thing going on. Uh, Fio runs to go check on Porco, and even the pirates like, you can't run. Wait, hold on. You're you're one of the prizes. Prizes can't <laughs> run away. Can't run away. So he just grabs the money, and instead of stealing the money, he goes over because he's got honor now, and it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, they they, they do a rocky finish where him and Curtis both punch each other and they fall into the water and the first one that comes up wins and it's Porco and it's great. It's a, oh, yeah, because Gina shows up to warn about the fashion police and tells him tells him to get his ass up and that snaps him out of it and uh, gets him up even though he's underwater. That's fine. You said there was only, the only magic here was like the, the the fact that he became a pig. No, the magic was her love for him that made him hear the her magic was, underwater. The sir. Magic was determination of a beautiful pig man, and for love <laughs> itself, for the skies. Exactly. And to say again, got- loud and proud, fuck fascism. Yeah. I don't know how this could be like the main uh, lesson of this episode. Yeah, you know what? Let's say that it is. So, cats. That's me. Would you rather be a pig than a fascist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like it? That's that's a no-brainer, man. I didn't even have to think about that. I didn't need time. Shit. Instant reaction. <laughs> Instant reaction. Mm-hmm. So did you like it? Yes, I really did, actually. I have never seen this movie, and uh, it's always been on my list of, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it. And then you're like, hey, Summer of Animation's coming. I'm like, dude, I know <laughs> the perfect choice. I didn't know whether I was going to like it. Um, and in fact, when it ended, I and we all left the, the, the little Discord call where we watched the movie, I turned to Nan and I said, yeah, I really like that movie. That was such a good movie. It's probably not going to be in my top five, but like, you know, it was solid. Yeah. And the more I thought about this movie, I'm like, I really like this movie. This is in the top five. I don't, I'm never going to make a list because I don't have time. I'm a big, <laughs> I don't have time to make lists. But, but this is definitely one of my favorite Ghibli movies now. Um, I yeah, I I enjoyed this thoroughly. Yeah, there was parts where I'm like, you know what, you know, it's just a bit of like scenery and all that stuff. And Miyazaki does beautiful scenery. Um, but yeah, just this very like small slice of life kind of story about this tragic figure who's just trying to make better, you know, make better about you know the circumstances in which you know he's been dealt or uh, been part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, just everyone, uh, everyone around, uh, these characters becoming better, becoming better people. Uh, it's a very uplifting message, yeah. I think. Um, you say fuck fascism, yeah, you're yeah. become a good person. Yeah, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I really liked this movie. I'm really glad I, I took a chance on it and we, we checked it out. 
Uh, Squarin. That's your name, right? It is. So I've been. I can't so think I've of a pig version of your name. Oinkin? Nah, it doesn't work. Um. <laughs> so did you like it? Uh, y- you know what? Yes. Like, it's funny that you say it's not going to be in your top five because I can agree with that. Like, this movie isn't going to be to me like the greatest movie I've ever seen, or even like my favorite Miyazaki film. But the amount of fun I was having for like just an hour and a half of just like a solid story that tells a beginning, middle, and end. Everything is wrapped up in a clean bow. You can make the observations you want to make. Uh, mixed with just beautiful scenery art with uh, Miyazaki really trying to uh, encapsulate the the uh, the air battles of that time period and is the way, the way these planes would have worked as well. And not in the like mystical way you see him do in like films like uh howl's moving castle or castle in the sky or nausicaa valley of the wind like it is a very it's a ship that is tied to earth and tied to history and it was it was great i enjoyed it i like it's a film now that like when people tell me if they haven't seen porco rosa i'm gonna tell them like look if you want an hour and a half where you're gonna have a good time you're gonna be in a good mood and by the end of it you'll just say like you know what yeah i really like that Watch Porco Rosa. Are you going to recommend the sub? Oh, or the dubbed dub? all the way. Michael Keaton? Hell yeah! All right, all right. I, that's, a, that's something I never thought I'd hear from you. Hey, look. The problem with... Like, we're not going to get into this. Never mind. <laughs> I need to start this. Okay, I don't need sorry. to start this. You know what? Antagonism. Do it, Cal. <laughs> look, the problem with the uh, anime industry no, is like... Uh, Look, look, look. I know for a fact when I'm watching shonen anime that some of these speeches as I'm reading it subbed is mm. just the most like oh that does sound like a 15 year old doing their best to be as dramatic as possible so when it's yeah, in it's, japanese it's, it's it cheesy it just sounds it's, so beautiful when it's in english and it's done by someone you can tell is trying their best to sound like a 15 year old who is not a 15 year old does not translate well to me now, do you think that's because it's foreign to you and that you don't quite understand Japanese, that it sounds like it has more oof it to does. it? It does. It sounds like, and also okay. because like, you can tell like this is the original script, this is how it was supposed to be written, and like, uh, in anime, okay, like, is, it's, it's very awesome Never how they mind. like sync I was <laughs> their speeches to like their music uh, and everything, and like, yes, when you get dubbing, they do reanimate lip flaps and everything to like, so it'll fit sure. uh, like this new dialogue, but... I don't know. I've just always been a subbed person. Like, yes, I've seen Dragon Ball Z dubbed. I've seen Code Geass dubbed and a lot of other movies like Ghibli films. But most of the time, you're going to find me in like the sub side of that community. You heard it here. Square Inch, just a little, little sub. subby boy. Um, I, <laughs> I, I was going to prod you more, but I'm like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> we don't need to go down this road, but we will one day when we have like an all fucking anime ass uh, like season. Uh, or dude, something. that's like next month. <laughs> yeah, you know, I might have picked film. too many anime, but there's a, there's a lot of them that I was like, hey, I didn't want to check these out. So yeah, there's a lot of anime. There's maybe too much anime. Next this, next this, year we uh, will summer. do better and do like we'll try to put like a. a... I picked Iron Giant. <laughs> yeah. you which, which, I picked Iron Giant, which Square and will recommend watching the sub version. <laughs> no, no. Vin Diesel still does the Iron Giant. You okay, don't have to worry, okay, but. Okay. I was worried for a second. The rest of it is uh, Japanese. <laughs> Actually, Vin Diesel does the Japanese parts for the Iron Giant. Too. Never mind. All right. So. 
Help! I, do the I, outro. I, uh, 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 what do you got going on in your life? No, me. Well, I never thought you'd ask. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can watch this podcast live on Fridays, um, Texas time. Uh, 10 o'clock uh, at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's number two, letters N, D, and the word respawn all squished together. No spaces, no underscores. It's all together. Second respawn. You heard it here, folks. Second respawn. Uh, other than that, I'm back to doing Returnal with Bubs. We made no progress, but that's fine. We'll do better next time. That should be our motto for this channel, I swear. We'll do better we'll next time. Um, Nance. Nan's gone back to Death Stranding, and boy howdy is that popping off! I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who might be wanting to play Death Stranding, but ooh, some 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 major shit is happening, and it is sad, but also compelling. So you know, there's that. Also, Kojima really is afraid of 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 nuclear warfare, and rightfully so. But like, you can really tell in everything that he's ever done, like nuclear warfare is on that man's mind. Um. Uh, yeah, we do some other stuff, but you know, that's good enough for now. Uh, Squaredon! Channel still parked? What you up to? Where can people, what can people hear from you? Uh, hopefully it'll be fixed soon. You can check me out at Sir Squared on Twitch if you want to follow me for when I am able to come back. I am fixing some stuff, and right now, I, uh, I do do, uh, D&D, uh, every so often now. Um, and since I'm not streaming, it'll be on other people's channels, so if you want to know when that's happening... You can follow me on Twitter at Sir Squarin, S Q U A R I N. Uh, were you it's, were you it's a part a of that uh, uh, part of that campaign for the for the uh, raid that y'all sent us the other day? Yes, that was my. I was the one DMing that raid. Okay, do you want to say whose channel that was? That was on Mizzy Cat's channel, M I Z Z I C A T. Uh, currently, they are doing uh, an adventure I have written where it's basically I'm making National Treasure Three because I couldn't fucking wait anymore. <laughs> It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. All right. Well, sounds like a lot of fun. I just couldn't. I couldn't wait anymore. I needed it. I needed it so bad. So bad. Uh, this episode is going to come out edited by our good friend Tucker. Um, you can find uh, Tucker on Twitter at Tucker Wins or on Twitch, twitch.tv uh, forward slash Tucker underscore wins. He puts in a lot of work for us every week to make sure this podcast comes out edited and uh, it sounds fun and and not like two idiots just talking even though that's kind of the premise but you know we still love him for what he does <laughs> are, you, are you saying he's ruining our premise <laughs> <laughs> he's ruining our premise by making us more concise and sounding no, more Tucker, professional don't, don't believe him love you Tucker bye <laughs> uh, we are gonna finish off the uh, family friendly part of the month uh, for summer animation next week with cartoon saloon wolf walkers which is a film I absolutely love, and I have been waiting for a great time to showcase this movie. So uh, look forward to that. I'm unfamiliar, but I was told it is cute. I am very, very excited. Okay. Um, There's only one way to end this, right? Yeah. Fuck fascism, right? Fuck, fuck fascism. fascism. <laughs> Raise a glass to say, fuck you, fascists. Yeah, hey, have a glass. There you go. Uh, Tucker, uh, Tucker, throwing a clink sound of two glasses clinking is me and <laughs> and squared. a bunch of people cheering. Yeah, cheering. <laughs> Everyone's happy, and now just a bunch of like you know gulp gulp sounds mm-hmm. as we're drinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, added that into something cohesive, <laughs> Tucker. <laughs>